HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby, and we have a studio full of folks today. Uh, very excited to have everybody over with us here at Roberta's recording a, another show. Um, we've got Sophie Schlesinger, who is my co-host. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Civitello and Jason Sobosinski. Did I say that correctly? Absolutely. All right, cool. Um, who are the uh, the proprietors of the Mystic Cheese Company, which is a new uh, cheese operation that we're very excited about. And um, last but not least, certainly not least, we have Adam Moskowitz with us here today. Who is? Who is the instigator, mastermind behind the Cheesemonger Invitational, uh, Larkin Foods, and Columbia Cheese, amongst other things. Thank you for coming, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we're going to start off, uh, we're going to go sort of round robin because, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Um, and uh, so everyone's just going to kind of chime in. But we're going to start off talking about the Mystic Cheese Company. Um, their website is mysticcheese.com for anybody who has... Um, curiosities questions it's um, a really beautiful website too it's a beautiful by website. the way Thank yeah you. really yeah. nice um and uh and so mystic cheese started in 2013 right i mean this is kind of the the very inception of it we're we're an absolutely brand new company we've Babies. only been making cheese for about four months now and uh, we're just getting rolling we've got our first cheese variety out now melville uh, which is new in Saxelby Cheesemongers this week. We're very excited about that. Yay. Yes. <laughs> As are we. 
Yeah, yeah. And so I like, um, so your website says, uh, you know, dedicated to the science and art of milk metamorphosis. Um, and I love that. I feel like that statement in and of itself is like, you know, saying, hey, this is not your average cheese company. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot sort of behind uh, what you guys are, what you guys are doing. Um, and I guess if we could just start by, um, well, you know, it's funny. I was reading your blog, and actually, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read a quote of yours, Brian, just to just to sure. embarrass you, if that's okay. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so you describe the process of making cheese as follows. You say, as a skill set, the practice of cheese making requires immense mental focus, astute observation skills, excellent record keeping, and a healthy dose of physical stamina. On a deeper level, making cheese is both a science and an art, a melding of microbiology and the senses. It takes the ability to master the mechanical rigidity of pure manual process while maintaining the fluidity to read and react to constant variability in the cheese-making process called by, caused by the natural ebb and flow of milk composition, processing environment competi- or conditions, and even your own mental and physical state of well-being. Um, that's intense, <laughs> that's dude. A bold that's a bold a statement. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that because I feel like people think of making cheese as this kind of romantic notion of just, you know, being in at one with the animals and being in the creamery and just kind of like thinking your way to beautiful cheese and it's it's not so um no I, I think it could be a mixture of both i mean there's there's definitely days where i'm looking out the window staring out over a beautiful pastoral scene and and i'm just in that moment but at the same time there's this really complex relationship going on with milk and lactic bacteria that just fascinates me to no end so yeah i, I like having that mixture of both in my in my world Definitely, definitely. Well, so tell us how you came to cheese making, and then Jason, I want to hear your story too because you guys are both. You know. <laughs> so my my journey to cheese making started about twelve and a half years ago. At this point, um, I was sitting on a swing with my grandfather, and uh, he started telling me stories about uh, his arrival into America and making cheese and with where his was mom. He from? He's a was an immigrant from uh, South Central Italy, okay. uh, from a region called Benevento. Okay. And uh, when his family arrived here into America, actually into Hamden, very close to where Jason is, uh, him, his his eight brothers and one sister wow. started raising goats in abandoned lots in in this little town, and uh, they did it as a way to get by, you know. So they were milking the goats, making cheese, and just kind of uh, trading or bartering with other folks or selling some just to get, just to make enough to to eat and to get by. And uh, the story enthralled me so much that I kind of just ran with it. I decided that day that I was going to get into cheese and nothing was going to stop me. And so I bought a plane ticket. Uh, I jumped over. I was in Milan for for a few days trying to hook up with different cheesemakers or anybody in a cheese shop that would you know know somebody. And uh, about a week later, I finally hooked up with a gentleman named Michele. And mm-hmm. uh, I ended up doing some alpine dairying. So we were on the Italian-Swiss border for uh, a full alpine dairying season. We had uh, 30 goats and a cow, and and uh, we climbed our way up through the snow. And uh, that was my life for about a full year. That is so intense and so old school. I love it. Just jump on a plane, land in Milan, <laughs> find a way out. to make cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a bootstrapping, for sure. Um, after that, I got a little more confidence with my Italian language skills after you know working with some dialects. I jumped off, uh, went south, and found myself in Abruzzo. Uh, I lived with a family down there for another two years, uh, herding sheep and uh, making some uh, local pecorino-style cheeses. And uh, after that, I kind of came back to the States and started my education towards the science end of things. So I I really wanted to 
find out what the mystery of the curd was. When mm. I was in Italy, there was a, a lot of artisan touch, a lot of touch, feel, taste, smell. But I wanted to know what was happening behind that. And the, and the years of tradition, it's like, why do you do it that way? It's like, well, because you do it that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to find out. I wanted to find out what was happening. So I ended up pursuing a, a degree at the University of Connecticut in food science. And um, I finished that. And while I was in school at the University of Connecticut, I was able to uh, link up with some Italian grad students. And through them, I was able to get internships with Parmigiano Reggiano, Gorgonzola, Taleggio. So I worked with a lot of the DOP cheeses in the north central region while I was over there. And there I got a lot of technical training. Wow, so cool. I feel like that's kind of the missing link for a lot of, um, you know, American cheesemakers is the science, you know, side of it. And it's so important. Absolutely. Um, it's a difficult to find here. We just don't have the programs for it yet. Yeah. I think it's coming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, so Jason. So Jason, I, sh- I should back up a little bit, um, is, um, you know, owner, part owner in the Mystic Cheese Company, is also owner of Casius Fromagerie and Bistro in New Haven, Connecticut, the Casius Cheese Truck. Crispy Melty, sorry, and um, <laughs> That's a great name. also the host of the Big Cheese, uh, which is a show on the Cooking Channel. Um, so you're, you know, well submerged in the world of cheese. I like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and how did how did this happen for you? How did you uh, find uh, well, yourself a cheese man? Brian was uh, working cheese in Connecticut, and uh, we met on the the patio at Casius. Had lunch, talking cheese. This is probably like three maybe four years ago and uh you know just started a friendship there and when he came to me saying look i'm doing this thing i'm going out on my own i want to do it i said well i want to be part of it then because i believe in it because i know you're i know (laughs) you he's the master cheese man ladies and gentlemen not only is this guy like sounding super nerd sexy he's actually like a really sexy dude this is like i'm developing a man crush right now and Sobieski, this guy, he yeah. loves cheese. So when I this dude met this dude, you must have freaked out. Yeah, we kind of... Uh, Romantic we were like, night on the porch. Yeah, we, yeah. We've been holding hands ever since. Yeah. Um, we get together and just eat cheese. Stare no, we just wax poetic. We jumped right into it. And, um, you know, Brian was... He was straight up. He was like, listen... I make cheese. You sell cheese. Let's do this. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Let's just go for it. So we, uh, we've been rocking for the last six months and, uh, selling at farmer's markets. I'm, I can't keep it on the shelves at Casius. I put it on the cheese truck and make crispy melties out of it. And, uh, they fly. I mean, it's, this is our first cheese, and it's just—it's been bombing. It's been—it's been killer. Well, let's, so let's talk about this cheese. This cheese is called <laughs> Melville, and it comes. I, I have to say, your packaging and your website, as Sophie was saying, is kind of a coup in and of itself. Um, really beautiful design. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah, I don't know who's behind that, but congrats. It's a—that's all in house. We're doing—we're doing that in house. Well, well done. That's awesome. that's, a, that's an artist uh, that that we've hired. That's my brother, uh, Brian, and myself. All just arguing for hours about <laughs> no this wave should go this way um, and just because we you know the the heart of it is that and something that, that brian and i had agreed on when we started talking about it is we, we want to make this fun it's got to be a good time first and foremost why do it for everybody. we're gonna make exactly. we know we're gonna make great product um it's gonna be delicious but we also want to make sure that it's presented in a really fun way because it's cheese 
Cheese is fun. Cheese is fun. It's true. So anyone, we're going to put a uh, picture up online, but, um, you know, so the Melville logo is like, uh, it's, it's this whale, this cartoon whale in a sea of, um, kind of, um, I don't know. It's like not, it's not that it's a little bit like Maurice Sendak to me in some ways. There's a little bit of where the wild things are. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's supposed to be a, like a, a children's book or Shel Silverstein, Absolutely. which, you know, is another segue. Um, but uh, let's, let's just talk about Melville for a second. Then we'll get into future plans. Um, so Melville is a very interesting cheese. In my opinion, I've had, I've eaten a lot of cheese over the years and I've never had one that's quite like this. Um, would you say it's crescenza style? Is that kind yeah, of yeah? It, it's definitely it's definitely in the, it would be classified in the Strachino family of cheeses for sure. And what what's what what's that family? Just to break it down for the so listeners, it's a, a very small family of cheeses uh, from north central Italy. Uh, they're classified really are texturally they're very smooth, uh, pliable, meltable. So you would find your crescenza, your taleggio. Uh, something called squacquerone, which is a really fun cheese, never exported. Squacquerone. Squacquerone. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's a beautiful cheese. Yeah. Um, so they're really classified by uh, the curd is cut. It's mixed for a very short period of time, and the curd is gathered in the hoops, and it cinereses in the hoops. So you have a long acidification period where the cheese is in the hoop rather than mixing the curd in the whey for a long period of time. So they tend to be moist, yeah, wet. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Wait, so, um, so every, everyone's, everyone's kind of... Cinerese? Yeah. We actually, this dovetails, Sophie and I want to start yeah. a segment um, where we do like cheese lingo because like, Perfect. yeah, you say Cinerese and everyone else word? says what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, that's Brian. Brian is, um, Brian is a, a cheese like mad scientist and so sometimes he puts some of the... The, the, the text together for uh, our press that we're going to put out and then I take it I take it and I completely rewrite it so that everybody else can read it and understand what the heck he's saying um, but so that the the cheese ahead, drains in the hoop there you go the cheese drains in the hoop that's Cinerese's is, is the draining process the draining process oh, the way see? expelling from the curd see yeah the, yeah learn the, something sorry. every day We're, we are but humble cheesemongers <laughs> hang out with brian civitello and you will learn more <laughs> than you can handle so, so, so now gravity, i know it's a, it's a gravity it's a gravity press basically right is that, is that exactly what you're gravity it's, instead it's, of, instead it's of com- a hard press it's yep. gravity it's like it's pressed like, under its own weight exactly. which is very not much at all you're talking about the weight of the curd and the hoop. yeah a half a pound at most and what is because it's not pressed instead of you instead of using a press in using gravity. What by gra- what? What is gravity? What's its effect on it? Cineresis wise, <laughs> smooth. Very smooth. So smooth. So smooth. Uh, Very smooth cheese. This this cheese is and I'll I like to drop his name because it's a big deal around here. But Ken uh, from Darien Cheese Shop. Darien Cheese Shop. Maroon! He he said he his his when when I called him and said what do you think man he's like it's a blank canvas. This cheese takes on anything you put with it. And I love that, you know, having a cheese shop because I want people to take these cheeses and I want them to cook with them. I want them to pair them with jams and jellies. I want them to, you know, put them on top of an oyster and roast them. I want them to do things with their cheese and have a good time with it, not just put it on the cheese pedestal and, and make it this, like, big, big deal. So. I this heard. Is, I heard you even turn this cheese into French toast for your son with a little maple syrup. Is I do. That, this wow. cheese loves maple syrup, and yeah. so I, in, <laughs> in, instead of butter, I mean, you know, of course, the French toast is, is fried in butter because I'm an American. Um, 
I uh, I'll put I'll put a little bit of uh, you know a hunk a knob have you of Melville right on top nice hot French toast let it kind of do its gouge and uh, hit it with some some maple syrup it loves maple syrup I want to eat I want I wish we had some maple syrup in the studio we do not but we do have the cheese and I'm gonna cut some pieces and I'm gonna pass it around because. I think, you know, to continue describing this cheese is important. It's it's a square. It's it's totally white. It has a, a blubbery texture to steal from your website. Uh, it's called Melville, you know, the, the whale, you know, yep. and it does. It has a blubbery texture. It's amazing. It's kind of this squishy, You're not but lactose intolerant, are you? Dense no way. <laughs> Wow. Texture and well, right, it's goat's milk, so that's okay. And right now, yeah, it's made from goat's milk. Can you talk a little bit about the fluctuation in seasonality? I know when I tried it back in February at, at um, Ken's at the Dairy and Cheese Shop, it was made from cow's milk. Yeah, we um, we decided to celebrate the the coming kind of goat's milk spring celebration by wow. pairing up with a, a local dairy in Connecticut uh, called Oak Leaf Dairy. They've got 110 goats out on pasture, mm. and. Um, so good. Yeah, the the milk is phenomenal right now. So we're we're really happy to have the goat's milk. Um, it it's a little bit tighter than the cow's milk. It doesn't flow as much. It doesn't melt as well. Uh, but we're going to be switching back to cow's milk in about a month. Okay. It melts though. Yeah. No, it you melts. can tell. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's melting in the yeah. studio right now. Yeah. It's it's becoming very um, unctuous. It's, it's, I, yeah. I, I, this it's squishy like curd, but not sharp or acidic. Or bright, it is clean yeah. as a yeah. whistle. Oh yeah, it's super clean. Very I, much I, so, I, and I, a very pleasant little sourness to so it, which pleasant. is the hallmark of any good Italian yeah. cheese. And I feel like what you don't get from Italian style cheeses that are made in the U.S. because yeah, they're of often course. it's surprisingly yeah. good. Everyone that tries it starts off with this. Oh, it looks like a yeah. meh. Okay. Yeah, and then they, <laughs> and then they try it. I was afraid. Then they I'm try a- it and they're like, oh. Yeah, hello. Fresh goat, fresh, goat cheese, fresh goat cheese scares me because I find goat milk to be one of the greatest magnifiers of terroir. So fresh goat, it's like the feet of the goat. And if aged goat is like the trees. And you get – it's like really up in your face, like kicking you in the teeth. I was afraid to try this cheese because I will admit to you that goat cheese is my third favorite milk of cheese. Right behind camel. Just nope. kidding. <laughs> donkey. Donkey. Actually. Yeah. Donkey. Actually, yeah. actually, no, you know what my favorite cheese is? What? Chicken cheese. But finding the teats is so hard. <laughs> uh, no joke. No joke. This cheese is extraordinarily phenomenal. It is so good. All right. So while we all, we're, we're going to eat the rest of it. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about Mystic Cheese and the upcoming Cheesemonger Invitational. So stay with us.
The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit at www.academy-mons.com That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E-M-O-N-S.com Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. <laughs> and we are back. <laughs> I shouldn't repeat this on the air, but Adam belched so wonderfully. He's right just showing the, his appreciation for the cheese. Right at the end of the commercial break, it was like, and we're back. <laughs> I, think the, I think the belch actually almost deserves its own name. Um, we're going to call it the Melville Slider. Nice. <laughs> so today on Cutting the Curd, I'm here with uh, Brian Civitello and Jason Sobosinski of the Mystic Cheese Company, and also with Adam Moskowitz, who is the mastermind of the Cheesemonger Invitational, woo, woo, woo! which is in its fourth year this Fourth year? annual Cheesemonger Invitational. Amazing. Wow. So let's, let's lead off with uh, the Invitational. What's up? When is it this year? Saturday, June 29th. The event begins again for the public. Please come at 6.30. For the VIPs, please come at 5.30. For the mongers participating, we start at 9. I want to. I want one of those. You know how I'm like Hot 97? They have those like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> like I want one of those effects for the Cheesemonger Invitational. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Um, all right, so cheesemongerinvitational.com is the website, and uh, I hear you have a special deal for Cutting the Curd listeners. I love Cutting the Curd. The fact that there might be people listening to cheese on the radio is just extraordinary <laughs> to me. So for those listening to Cutting the Curd, there is a special discount offer for tickets to CMI. We're giving $15 off. That equals 25%. All you have to do is go to the website, go to the place where to buy tickets, and ask for a pair word. Put Cutting the Curd as one word, and you will get $15 off. There's only 25 of these tickets available, so dial fast with those fingers, people. Yeah. <laughs> This is, I mean, it's a, that's a good deal. That's a, that's a good f- deal. For $45, it's all you could eat, all you could drink. I've got secret sauce going behind the scenes making cheese that will just bug you out in a warehouse setting with all you could beer, <laughs> all you could wine. Wine away, baby. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> and $5 of every ticket goes to benefit the DZTA. 
Daphne Zeppos Teaching Award, furthering the travel expertise of mongers trying to do cheese for life. Yo, the best way to learn in this game is to go out and do it. Like we just listened to my man over here. It might be super romantic to be in the cheese game, but guess what? It's hard work, people. If you think it's hard work as a cheesemonger standing on your feet, try cheese making. Yeah, it's got a beautiful <laughs> postcard setting, but it's hard work. My man just proved it. Exactly. What was I just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Cheesemonger Invitational. <laughs> Cheesemonger Invitational. Exactly. We'll talk about hard work. Cheesemonger Invitational is no walk in the park. What's the competition looking like this year? Oh, we're stiff. We got 57 mongers. What? Compete- yeah. Wow. And what about where are the mongers from? Do we have any international mongers coming so in? So I'm going to admit to you that I've been trying to focus this back down to America oh. because I have global aspirations, but I want individual <laughs> penetrations. Ah, so Whoa. it's not like it's not like a xenophobic move. It's more of like a world domination, like eventual. Well, like, it's just first let's expand the competition to the world. I just think America's a really big place. I think Europe sometimes forgets that. Like people don't realize that. Like the state of New York is as like big as uh, France. So like Texas, Texas. Excuse me. Well, equivalent. I I one time asked the capital of Pittsburgh, so who knows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> the point that I'm making is that I think America's really big and we got to honor all the Americans first and foremost. If Europeans want to come and play, hey, come and play. You could participate, but I really, really am trying to focus on the American cheesemakers right now. Um, for the first time this year, we have somebody from Hawaii. Ooh. Wow. Very that's, cool. That's badass. Super cool. Yeah. But I think overall, I haven't done the official count yet, but I think we got about 26 states. Nice. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really pleased. F- 57 mongers, I think that's a big deal. That's a big deal, yeah. And so br- take us through the competition this year. What's the, wh- what are they gonna, what's the ringer you're going to put these mongers through? So this year what we got, the first round is uh, an exam. Second round is a taste test where you got to uh, pick out really important things like uh, country of origin, uh, milk type, and so on. Uh, third round is uh, plate your slate. you got to make a perfect bite. you got two elements beyond cheese that are food-related, so no beverages, cracker counts as an element uh you got to make a perfect bite and get judged on that uh then we got a uh, salesmanship you got a i got actually a cheese case this year donated to us by the company that donated it to us thank you and <laughs> <laughs> well, we can <laughs> circle back we'll, yeah. sorry about that. we'll edit that in later yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so so we're gonna do some salesmanship uh we're gonna give a monger a counter and make him sell uh, then we have a uh, you got to submit a sign and then read it like a like a poetry slam, and then you got to cut to weight. You got to cut uh, by by eye a quarter pound, third of a pound, and a half a pound. And then you got to wrap uh, real fast, real well, real clean, and then you got to do a pair from thin air. You basically got to like uh, like crazy like like you know like dine and dash, sort of like dine and jazz, except you got to go into my warehouse when everybody's drunk and crazy, and you got to find a perfect bite and make it for the them. I would that, use the McClure's pickles exactly. or the McClure's t- potato chip. The the pickled potato chips. <laughs> I think that's a key ingredient. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so, it's a, so it's a full night. It's a full day. It's a big day. It's a good thing. We got winners. The, the prize package is going through the roof. Like I, I put up a thousand dollars cash for the winner, but apparently all my hosts, we got a bunch of great ones. Please check out the website to see who they are. Um, I wish I could remember them right now, but I can't. Sorry, but they're great and. <laughs> It's that it's that Melville. It has like it's, yeah. it's just it's just the Melville. The Melville. The, the point that I'm making is that I think we're doing. I think Criminelli is going to give away um, uh, a trip to their Salamumi camp, maybe to the top three. Hey. Um, and all the hosts, I think, are looking in some creative way to kind of make it all more exciting during that uh, day. 
And speaking of making it more exciting, you uh, before the show, we were talking about this awesome discount, which is already super, super generous. But you also said that, you know, we're going to host a little a little friendly competition of our own to, yep. for a VIP pass to the Cheesemonger Invitational. So we are... Uh, you got a general mission ticket. That's all you could eat, all you could drink, uh, and the food's going to be super extraordinary. We're going to have like a fondue for days. We're going to have raclette in like every corner. We're going to have like a. We're going to have. We're going to have a fixing table that makes you feel like you're a plumber because you've never seen so many fixing of things in your life with your tubes. And then we're going to do hamburgers and mac and cheese and anything melted. I'm going to try to pour on you. But the point that I want to make. The point that I want to make is that VIP gets in an hour early, so they get they get first crack at the snack. But more importantly, uh, one of the rounds is create that perfect bite that I told you guys about. So the VIP gets to actually um, oh. taste every single – that's 57 Heck yeah. perfect orgasmic bites from the best cheesemongers in America for you. So, So – we said we're going to do a haiku. Cheese haiku. Cheese haiku. Oh, yeah, here, cheese haiku. Which is 575, <laughs> just in case anybody doesn't remember what a haiku is. Submit your cheese haikus to info at heritageradionetwork.com. And dot, we, or, dot org. org. Sorry, info <laughs> at heritageradionetwork.org. And we, Sophie, Adam, and I will pick our favorite cheese haiku, and you will get a VIP pass. VIP pass for cheese for haiku. For free. For free, you will bug out. Plus, if you'd like, I'll let you read it. That, oh, that would be amazing. You know right. what I, I kind of wish? I kind of I think, wish uh, you, you have to. Excuse me. Yeah. What did you say, Jason? What did you say? I, I think they should have to read it. If they, if they get in for free, they have to read it. Yeah. They have to enter, entertain you with something. Yeah, 575. It's five syllables. It's seven. If they can't do that, then forget it. You're not worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, VIP, you got to read it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just a random thought. As Adam was describing that invitation, I really wish that Stefan from Saturday Night Live could explain the cheesemonger invitational <gasps> oh my god that would be another another good competition bill hater <laughs> all right i'll tell you what i'll give it i'll give another if anybody thinks they're a really good bill hater impersonator <laughs> or if anybody knows send, bill hater or yeah. if anybody knows bill hater if you send me a video of your best stefan impersonation to adam oh, at larkin.com so oh. so i will give you vip pass Plus a hundred bucks to do it <laughs> at the Cheesemonger Invitational. Amazing! But I want video impersonation, video Adam, costume, full description yeah. of the Invitational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like serious. Adam at Larkin dot com. Adam at Invitational dot com. Adam at Columbia Cheese dot com. Uh, find me on Facebook. Send me video <laughs> of Cheese Hater. Cheese Hater. Cheese Who's a Cheese Hater? <laughs> Who's a Cheese Hater? That's genius. Sophie, you nailed it. She nailed it. All right, so we only have a couple minutes left, and I'm so there's so there's just too many exciting things happening today. Um, but so Mystic Cheese, what I want to talk to you guys about, which you know I feel like you know in the very yeah beginning we're talking about how you are not a traditional cheese company, and I feel like that goes for you know the roots of how it started. It goes for the cheese making process. It goes for where you make the cheese. So let's talk a little bit about the cheese making process because it is not your traditional cheese making process. No. So, so the past three years of my career, I've been consulting with farms and cheesemakers all across America, helping them create better cheeses, build better factories. And one of the problems that I kept coming up against was cheesemakers building infrastructure that didn't last. Mm-hmm. And so I find a family farm. They've spent their entire life savings building a cheese room that just wasn't right, and they're going to get shut down if they don't reinvest again. And I kept coming up against this time and time again. So my goal what, was... What, 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 wasn't, what, what weren't they doing to make it last? 
So the a lot of construction with wood and materials that just weren't. Here we'll uh, throw a bat in the washable. corner of our barn. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Why not? Put some uh, put some of that uh, you know plastic up on the walls. The, exactly. You know, you hose it down. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and sometimes that works, and sometimes it just lasts a year or two years, and right. then you're looking at another investment. And mom and dad have tapped out their their entire life savings building this cheese room and interrupting your business then to you know (laughs) improve your cheese room so i started looking into into making a modular cheese structure and so it really started looking at you know could it be a trailer or could it be an entire truck that was mobile and then i wanted to ship something so i said well how am i going to make it and ship it across the country Mm -hmm. and so i started looking at uh, uh shipping containers because which we're sitting in right now. Right now. Which we're sitting in, in right now. I love shipping containers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam loves shipping containers more than anybody. <laughs> containers of cheese. <laughs> so, so the ultimate the ultimate outcome of all of my research and looking at this was a kind of a two year exploration of how to build a modular cheese factory in a shipping container that I could send anywhere in the world on a flatbed truck. On a flatbed truck or on a ship to Africa. Wow. Where, wherever wherever there's a, a, a need for food stability, you could send what we call our cheese pod, and you can set this thing up. You plug in electricity, you plug in water, you're instantly transforming milk uh, into cheese or yogurt. or. And this is really exciting because we've talked about distribution a bunch of times on the show, and it is, I think, like the number one challenge, just how to get cheese to people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think it's awesome. So these are so the the Mystic Cheese Pod is the first one that's ever being built. Uh, we custom designed every single piece of equipment inside of it. Wow! So our cheese vat is custom built. Uh, we have a, a really unique sanitary air handling system hmm. that can be fully cleanable. So you hear about cheesemakers with issues with listeria and things like that. Mold that's in the vents. The mold yep. in vents. <laughs> Blue mold. Yep. yep. We we can clean every single bit of our air system. Wow. This is crazy. It's, <laughs> I know. When crazy. you first mentioned this to me on the phone, <laughs> I just called. I? I know. I just really called want. Brian to buy some cheese, and then he told me about the cheese pod, and I was like, holy moly. <laughs> My head exploded. <laughs> he's, he's, he's potentially solving uh, paradigm flaws of cheese making related to cultivating terpon out of the alpine pastures <laughs> <laughs> well exactly. yeah exactly Seriously. so so you pop this thing down on your you know i look at it from a few perspectives you know one it could be great for a family farm but i think there's also a number of people like me who who don't own a farm who want to partner and get the best milk they can with a local dairy farmer so we have this great infrastructure that we can put onto a dairy farm without making brick-and-mortar investment. So you can partner with a dairy farm. They get to charge you a little bit of money for leasing space on their farm. You can run a milk line right from their cows into the cheese pod, and you're off making cheese. So the farmer wins by having this rent that he wasn't using for. Somebody's paying probably a better dollar for their milk. And um, so there's, you know, there's a number of people, I think, that could use these cheese pods uh, moving forward beyond oh. Mystic Cheese. So we are, we're also selling them as a, as a product as well. Uh, the first one's going to be probably you know three or four months into the testing period when we get it set up. Uh, it should be finished assembling on Monday, uh, so we're looking to ship it next Friday, and, uh, wow. right here into Connecticut. So, and where are these being manufactured? Uh, we have a fabrication shop out in southern Missouri, just outside of Branson, and um, we're building them here in America. It's 100% American employees with American stainless steel. Everything is made in America. USA. Do we have do we have a couple minutes to talk about um, our app? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I think yeah, we've got about two minutes left. So, so let's. It's a big part of, of what 
we're doing as well is we want to make sure that there's connectivity between uh, all these different farms that we're going to be on and our cheese and our end consumer. Mm-hmm. So every cheese uh, that we have is going to have a code. That code can be entered into our application, which is simply going to be basically a website. Um, and you'll be able to track your cheese as far as where it was made, uh, where the animals were on pasture, uh, what the animals were, what type of cheese it is, how old it is, down to the second from when you entered in the code. Um, and then, of course, seasonal recipes, pairing ideas, just all the things we want to make sure people know that they can do with our cheeses. Because, again, it's great to just eat straight up, but we want you to have some fun with it and learn about it as you're enjoying it. Talk about traceability. You know, wow. yeah. that's, that's the number one. I feel like, you know, distribution's a big issue and American cheese making traceability is another one. And so you Huge. just nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, most people are like traceability. I'm afraid of it. How do I deal with it? I've been doing this for so long. I love how you've embraced it and actually have engaged the consumer with it. And it's now part of the whole process. Yeah. We want to make sure that all of our consumers know exactly where it's coming from, when it was made, what the farms are. We want to make sure they know that the farmer who's out there making sure that his animals, her animals are eating the best they possibly can or making the best milk they can. We're going to eventually hook up some webcams so they can even check out Brian in the pod making some cheese. <laughs> Dancing. Cheese in the oh, future. Yeah. You know, yeah. He is a sexy looking guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really bold that you guys want to be so accountable and are actually like able to help people see exactly where their product comes from. And using it not as like, I feel like people have used those things as kind of a threat, like you said, you know, but using it as a tool to like, you know, draw people in and like, you know, market your cheese even, you know, mm-hmm. people want to know where their food comes from. That is the ultimate. Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming out and being on the show today. It's really exciting. The cheese is delicious. Um, we have it at our shop, um, and it's going to be available soon, um, many other places across the city. And um, if you want to learn more, mysticcheese.com. Uh, and if you want to attend the Cheesemonger Invitational, cheesemongerinvitational.com. Yep. And get your tickets now with the discount. Because Cutting it, the curd. It, it, no joke, it's going to sell, sell out. So like, take advantage of the discount for all you mongers that might be diehard and listening. This is your discount opportunity. Take it and come through because it's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next Friday with another episode of Cutting the Curd. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>